0: Hi, guys. We just wanted to really quickly, before you start episode three, just say thank you. Thank uh, you. We have been getting such amazing, amazing feedback from all our friends and family. And honestly, probably strangers because we do not know the amount of people that have been listening. <laughs> um, so we just want to say thank you and a special shout out to everyone that's posted about our podcast on Instagram. We Are so appreciative. That's reaching way more people that we also don't know. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You're letting your friends know, friends that That aren't embarrassed by our podcast. Oh, see, that's the nicest part. (laughs) Yeah. You're not (laughs) embarrassed and you're telling your friends to listen (laughs) to it. What? we have got a lot of knowledge bombs to drop on you. So um, keep sharing. Keep keep sharing. And thank you so, so much. Yeah. We would love to give a special thank you. And a special shout out to Emma Springer. She actually did the podcast artwork for us. She just made the whole damn thing and she made it super special and catered to exactly what we needed. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I really wanted to give a special thank you to Alan Ashworth. I know. I love our theme song. And thank you so much for being just so understanding with me. I made you change it twice and you have, you were just so kind. And, so, and it's perfect. And it's perfect. And it's perfect. I love it so, so much. So I would just thank you to all, everyone. Just thank you to everyone. Thank you. You guys have been so supportive. We're appreciative. We see you. We, we hear see you. We hear you. We love it all. <laughs> Anyways, thank you so much. Let's jump into episode three. Let's do it. Welcome back to episode three of No Thank You Next. Welcome. I'm Megan. And I'm Rachel. Yay, we made it to another week. And honestly, guys, this has truly been a dream come true. I feel really good about it. Me too. I apologize for the editing in episode one. I <laughs> did not take the time to go re-listen to it. And I apologize now in episode three. I hope we're getting better, but if we're not, um, that's on me. And <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's Megan talking. So uh, you guys want to, you know. I'm Rachel and I edit. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. It's Megan and I edit the podcast. Um, I mean, we did preface it with the first episode saying that we were new. We're new. We're still new. We're still kind of new. It's a dream come true and we're still new. (laughs) See, our hopes and dreams will not be dashed Mm -hmm. by new editing skills. Oh, and you're probably hearing me drink water as well. So we also learned that I don't enjoy listening to the sounds of the mouth when editing (laughs) a podcast. So we will be fully hydrated while trying to record this Before podcast. Yeah. Cause the green apple trick didn't really work for oh, us. Oh yeah. We tried a green apple last week. It was a lie. Although I did read it again that that works, but maybe we just need to eat the whole thing next time. Cause we, we had a few bites and we were just like, Hey, we're done. It, it'll work. Yeah, that's true. I'm not all about follow through, but <laughs> yeah. all right. Next week, green apple, next week's green apple guys, be ready for no mouth noises. Episode <laughs> four. Um, all right. So let's just jump into it. Uh, I'm going, should I go first? I think you should go first. I went first last time. All right. So mine is a crazy roller coaster. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh, I'm so All excited. All right, so uh, I, my story is about Ashley... Pegram, and I got my information from an ID channel show called Web of Lies. Ooh, I like that show. I know, and uh, a lot of local news uh, articles. Ashley was 28 years old, living in Somerville, South Carolina. She was the mother of three: Haley, 13; Caitlin, 8; and Aaron, 1. Ashley had gone through a messy divorce and met John a little over a year ago, and then they had Aaron, the last child. They both lived with their mo- with her mother, Rama and the three children and from what our mom said they were pretty much in love like they had just had a baby a year ago and things were going really well so on january 4th because this isn't that kind of podcast guys that's right it's never gonna end with they were so in love (laughs) and everything ended happily ever after that's at the end she met someone loved him Done. Nah, that's that's not what you came here for. No, that's not why you're here. So (laughs) January 4th, 2015, John and Ashley had a date planned. Um, Her sister was over to help her mom watch the kids and Ashley kept saying, I feel like something's wrong. John isn't answering his texts. And so her sister just kept saying, calm down. I'm sure it's traffic. It's raining out. Well, they see headlights in the driveway and it turns out that um, it's the cops, and they are there to tell them that John had died in a head-on collision. What? I know. It's. I don't know why I'm smiling. Right that's now. quick. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with me? You're sick. Telling like you this sick. story <laughs> with like a huge smile. I don't even like murder. Not. That's not even a murder. That's a death. It's that, just a regular death. <laughs> that's just a death that is unfortunate <laughs> but I do love a car accident. <laughs> Guys, it's raining here, and there's tons. <laughs> yeah, Rubber is real. <laughs> it really It's as real as murder. <laughs> it is as real as murder on rainy days in L.A. <laughs> I mean, it's basically murder, because these idiots just do <sighs> not. That's me. I, <sighs> I don't like to drive slow in the rain. Mm-mm. No, I don't really either. I'm like, yeah, if you're on the freeway, you're going <laughs> <Get laughs> 70, so it's fine. It's <laughs> 70, 75 on rainy days. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> so Ashley's mom said after John passed, Ashley changed, um, after only two months after he passed, she started, she was grieving during those two months, but she started feeling just lonely. She wanted to start dating. She wanted to start feeling just outside sources that were giving her compliments rather than her mom being like, you're really pretty. It's like, <laughs> Thanks mom. Thanks mom. Oh, my mom thinks I'm cool. It's like, thanks Millhouse. house. Like nobody cares. <laughs> Sometimes you need to hear it from a girlfriend or a friend. Exactly. A guy or a man that wants to. Yeah. Just, I was going to say, be. You look good. (laughs) You look good, kid. Yeah. (laughs) So she goes on um, pretty one off dates, like not good matches. They're just whatever. One night, a man named Kyle messages her and invites her to a house party. And she says, I can't remember the last time I went to a party that didn't involve kids or cake. So she's all, I'm in. I'll definitely join you to this house party. I'm sure she was very polite. I was like, I'm, I'll am i definitely join you, <laughs> Kyle. She goes to this party and she decides that that night she's going to let loose. She had been a mom and grieving and she was just like, I'm going to let loose. Which I think we all do. Sometimes we, I'm like, this weekend I'm going to get fucking wasted. <laughs> I need to prepare myself. I mean, she was only what, 28? That's about the time I started getting hangovers. So she decides to let loose. She realizes as she's hanging out at the party that the crowd is a little bit rough. Like she sees a lot of people that are doing drugs and she just decides that she's going to get out of her head and not let this stop her. And all of a sudden, as she's getting a little more drunk, she bumps into a man at the party and he gets really confrontational and he starts yelling at her. And so she slaps him. And she's never seen this man before. Just this man just is probably belligerent. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And is all up in her grill. Yeah. And so she slaps him. And then he follows her into the bathroom. Oh God. And he puts a gun to her head. (gasps) Yeah. And basically says, Leave this party or else. Okay, bye. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, run the fuck out of there, girl. So she leaves and she decides she's never talking to Monster Energy Kyle ever again. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, Okay, I'm not gonna report this for God knows what reason, but she just didn't want I'm sure it's like scary. You don't know what or else Mm meant. So she was just probably like done. Okay whatever. So she's going to delete the app and she gets a message from a man named Shane. And she's like, hmm, okay, I guess I can like not delete this dating app and just stop talking to Kyle. She's a blossoming flower. (laughs) Come on, girl, get out there. So she... She starts chatting with Shane and they hit it off. And the next week they decide to go on a date and they actually hit it off. And after seeing him for about two weeks, they decide to go on a camping trip. Yeah, exactly. Because I would never go camping with somebody that I met. Number one rule. After two weeks. (laughs) Okay. First of all, number one rule is... That's a nightmare date suggestion for me. I try to. (laughs) Because you hate camping. My rules never have outdoor dates. Ever. (laughs) Ever. Do not ever take me on an outdoor date. I hate hikes. Hikes lead. To murder. Oh, no. Yeah, that's usually where they always find the dead bodies. Exactly. <laughs> like that one story. Gosh, I can't remember who it was or what happened, but the girls would all go in groups on hikes and then the last girl that struggled, that'd be me. Mm-mm. And then they fucking poke her out. <laughs> and then they're like, Where's Megan? <laughs> Mom, she's oh, fucking She dead. fell behind. I don't know. I thought she was with you. I thought she was with you. (laughs) Megan's dead. Yeah, fucking dead. That's exactly what would happen. So never outdoor dates. No outdoorsy dates. Never. Check. And let's not forget, murder is real. And camping is never a location where murder is not real. Right. (laughs) So let's not forget. So Shane and Ashley go on this weekend trip. They get there on Friday and set everything up. And all of a sudden, Shane goes into the tent, comes back out and says, hey, did you steal my wallet? And she's caught off guard because she's like, no, I didn't steal your wallet. And he's like, okay, I'm going to keep asking, uh, did you steal it? (laughs) And she's like, no. So she gets up to stand up to see at eye level, just to like, you know, when you're in a confrontation with someone and you just feel like you want to touch them to like calm them down. Yeah. So she gets up to touch him and she's like to get to eye contact and he pushes her away and he's like, don't touch me. He's like, I can't trust you. Let's just go home. Uh yeah, we just got here. Yeah, like what the <laughs> fuck? So they go home, and she gets home. Obviously, she's upset, and she just—I mean, it was personally when I date someone for a couple weeks, it's just—I don't know—I can get over it pretty fast. But this girl seems to be a get over shit pretty quick. <laughs> like she went on that one date, and the then was me, about, yeah, oh and <laughs> <could> be cry. crying. <laughs> No, she was crying too. But like, maybe I should just go on with this story. (laughs) So she gets home and she's talking to her mom and crying about the whole night and how it's such a mess. And she just wants to meet someone. And honestly, like at this point, if this was my life, the amount of horrible dates she's had simply in the last month, Mm -hmm. she had a gun to her head at a party with a guy that like didn't give a shit about her and protect her. Uh, She was accused of stealing on <laughs> another date. Like, girl, these aren't normal. No, these are not normal things. No. And she's just like, I just want to keep going down this path. <laughs> like what? Oh girl. No, I know. Oh, oh, poor thing. She's just grieving. She's just, you know, sometimes she was just blinded by grief. She just wanted to yeah. like have connection like, and just yeah, like be exactly. paid attention to. She went on the date, the camping date, came home, cried to her mom and she is talking to her mom. And as she's talking to her mom, she gets a message. Now she's using a messaging app called kick, which basically you can create a online persona username. So you're not using your actual phone number mm-hmm. and she gets the message. And the person that messages her, their username is E money bond E money. All right. E money. Like who does he think he is? <laughs> you're not easy e. no you're not it's e-money 50 cents so it's like e-money literally wrote down ashley girl (laughs) because ashley girl you needed to have swiped left it with you saw that man for real but unfortunately she doesn't think that so he messages her what are you up to tonight i know of a house party (gasps) right no girl No, no, (laughs) haven't we learned? But maybe she told him the situation or what happened prior because he's like, oh, don't worry. It's just ping pong tables and drinks. So maybe she had like, confess that that had happened to her prior and so she was like so he just wanted to kind of like be like come to this party I promise it's not at all like the other party yeah this is just probably, like a chill dive she either had verbal diarrhea like no I've already been in this situation mm. this happened to me it was awful I'm never doing that again he'll be like oh well it's not one of those situations it's the other house party <laughs> yeah exactly it's a different house party oh okay not that kind of house party <laughs> Um, so she gets ready and she seems to have turned her mood right around that night and Emany picks her up at her house. E-money. I can't even look at you when you say e I'm oh, sorry. E-money. Don't worry, his name will change eventually <laughs> throughout the story. Um, and if we learned anything from episode two, you never let the man pick you up at your house, but perhaps this was something that's chivalrous. So he picks her up and it would be the last time her family ever saw her. The next day, Saturday, on April 4th, 2015, Ashley's mom calls her sister, Brandy, asking if she heard from Ashley. Brandy says, No. Is everything okay? Ashley's mom is optimistic that, you know, maybe she just forgot to let them know that she'd be back because the kids are waiting for her. So as the day goes on, Brandy is getting a little more concerned. So she calls her mom and she's like, have you heard anything? She's like, no, I haven't. I'm going to start calling her friends. So Brandy goes over to her mom's house to help her call all of Ashley's friends. And through every friend, no one has seen or heard from her in days. Days. I know. Especially when her own sister and mother are asking, then it's just... uh, Exactly. That's when red flags start to pop up. Yeah, for sure. Now, this is when we discover that Ashley had actually been using her mom's phone to message these men, which was interesting to me because... Your mom's m- usually the last person you want exactly. to find out about your escapades with men. Yeah. So maybe her mom just had a smartphone <laughs> that was better. I don't know. That's but yeah, crazy. I know if you got a message and your mom's like, uh, E-money, it's like, <laughs> I want to fuck you so bad. <laughs> and she's like, oh, sorry, mom. Let me read that. <laughs> I got that. That's not for you. That's not for you. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> She's like, I don't know an e-money. <laughs> I'm just trying. I'm like picturing my own situation with my own mother oh, yeah. and what my oh actual my God. mom would say No, my about mom e-money. Yeah. She'd probably just like hit me with the phone and be like, what is <laughs> <the> healthy money? And <laughs> <I laughs> my mom would be like, this is for you. My mom wouldn't even read it. The things my parents never saw when I was growing up. Oh, my gosh. No, my my parents were invasive. (laughs) That's true. Very different. My dad didn't know about a lot of things. Oh, man. Dad, don't listen to this. (laughs) (laughs) Shh. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> okay. So when Brandy goes onto the messaging app, she sees that there's a new message and it's from guess who? Uh, you money. Yeah, baby. <laughs> and he's all, so he writes, I'm sorry I left you at a gas station. I hope you made it home okay. uh What? <laughs> First of all, I don't even get gas at night. <gasps> okay. Let me stop you. I worked, oh gosh, I worked with somebody uh-huh. at the bank like years and years ago. Uh-huh. She went on a lunch date with somebody Ooh, and they got so upset and annoyed with her that they straight up left her ass at a gas station. Oh my like God. Like a mile and a half down the street from where Is we her worked. Name Ashley Pegram? <laughs> no. But she had to walk back to work. Uh, the poor, I feel bad. The poor thing. She was like crying and all shaken up and like, <laughs> it was her Shaken push. up. She never been at a gas station alone. <laughs> but she just couldn't yeah, like, yeah. believe that this happened to her. I, I'm sorry to <laughs> To laugh, but it's just, I mean, the, she's probably not listening. It's the silliest situation. Oh my yeah, God. I straight of know a girl who was left at a <laughs> gas station right on a date. Guys, <laughs> guys, write in to know, thank you next podcast at gmail.com if you too have been left at a gas station. At a gas station, <laughs> like, <laughs> apparently, it's common. Close my mind <laughs> anyway. So funny. That was a good okay. flashback. Thank you for that. No problem. <laughs> So, pretty much a gas station is the worst place to leave a person, especially besides, at night. Yeah, besides the woods, I think, <laughs> camping. Like, if Shane had left her in the woods, that would have been the worst yeah. place to I leave. I mean, her. if it's a gas station or a shopping center, I think you're okay. <laughs> But it's a freestanding gas station, like in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. No, I mean, this is like a little town. Like, I'm sure it's in the middle of nowhere. Oh, it's totally in the middle of nowhere. So, of course, her sister flips out after she discovers this text and she's all, where's Ashley? We haven't seen her since last night. And this is a sidebar just because it was, it happened in the show. He's like... In the show, the character or the man is walking down the street and he texts back, sorry, just woke up and got your message, <laughs> What? <laughs> which I felt like that was the best portrayal of any man. <laughs> No matter if they murdered someone or. That's just how they respond to text messages. That's just literally how they respond. It could be like two days later <laughs> and they're like, sorry, just woke up and saw your message. if they hadn't been using their phones yeah. since like the second they woke up. Yeah. I'm like, who, who do you think you're kidding? <laughs> like, we know. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. We know. Anyways, she writes back. What's your real full name? And E-Money, he will no longer be known as this. He writes back Edward Bonilla. So she calls him. Bon- Bonilla or Bonilla? Oh, maybe it's Bonilla. God, the Hispanic in me. <laughs> Bonilla. <laughs> Sound like a voiceover actor. Say it again. Bonilla. <laughs> so she calls him immediately because she's like, what the fuck happened? Edward, tell me everything. So he actually sits on the phone with her and she drives over to the gas station to be like, okay, tell me where at the gas station you left her. So she's looking around the gas station. She finds nothing, which it kind of annoyed me because she was, They have the actual sister on the show giving her, like, her talking head or, like, her documentary. Right. And she's like, he was really helpful on the phone, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bitch, he left your sister at a gas station. He wasn't helpful. I don't give a fuck if he's helpful. He needs to be helpful. Yeah. Like, God, what the fuck? He kept giving you directions to a different gas station. (laughs) Exactly. Not to mention exactly that he could be like totally lying so they file a missing person report for Ashley that Saturday but the police won't send a detective to the house till Monday because technically she could have left on her own free will which you hear this in a lot of stories 24 to 48 hours later Mm -hmm. you can't do anything right so stays at her mom's house and she's it's Sunday night which almost 48 hours have gone by and at 10pm they see headlights in the driveway and they're like oh my god it's Ashley she's finally home and it turns out that it's Shane. <laughs> Shane came over to apologize to Ashley because he found his wallet. Uh, uh, okay, bitch. Was it in your back pocket? <laughs> yeah, you little stupid bitch. <laughs> Like, so they update him, letting him know she's gone missing. Mm -hmm. This is what's happened. And he's like, I haven't seen her since I took her home. So finally, Monday, they're able to talk to a detective about their sister or her sister and tell him everything. They're telling him about the camping trip, they're telling him about e money and the messages on Kick and how he picked her up and took her to a party. So he's like, okay, I'm going to look into both of these men as soon as I can. And he contacts Shane first. He wants to verify his alibi, which he says, Shane says that he was working, which I find a little sketch because weren't you supposed to be camping had you not accused someone of stealing your fucking wallet? (laughs) Maybe he took a new shift because he had free time. So um, the detective contacts Shane's work and everything checks out. He was actually at work and unfortunately that's the end of Shane. Uh, so next he contacts Edward, previously known as E-Money if you forgot. Edward is super cooperative with the detective and actually goes into the police station and talks to the detective. He says they had been chatting on Kick for about two weeks and they went to a house party at a friend's house and he actually gave the detective the address. He then tells the detective the story about why he left her at the gas station. And then he texts her to apologize, thinking she would have found her way home. So the detective asks if he can go with him to show him the exact place he left her so he can start his search. Well, once they get to the gas station, his story starts to change a little. Now, all of a sudden he's saying, oh, I left her at this grassy field area, which is a suburb next door. To me, that sounds a little fishy. Mm-hmm. So he tells him the story again. And this time I'll let you guys in on the story of what happened that night. According to Edward, he says that she was just getting super drunk and crazy and he left her. So this is a story. Yeah, Rule st- number one. If your friend or person that you're on a date with starts to get too drunk, just leave them. Yeah, exactly. Just leave them. I don't know if you guys knew, but you could just leave them. Yeah, you could just leave them wherever. Mm-hmm. Wherever. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Well, the detective says, oh that sounds fishy. Yeah. And I agree. As this info comes out, the family starts to search a new area because they have new information. They're searching the field, the grassy, whatever it is. And one day while they're searching, they start to smell something super bad. Oh, no. I know. And they start to panic that they. I think they found her, but it turned out it was just a dead animal. Oh, roller coaster! I know it's like you. It's like you're hopeful because I know. Like, oh, good. They're not. Oh, good. They found they, her, but like closure. Ten days have passed since she was last seen, and they finally get the surveillance footage from the gas station that she was left at. This is what they see. Ashley goes into the convenience store at the gas station, and it looks like she just goes to the bathroom and goes back into Edward's car. She didn't look crazy. Or wasted, she just looked normal. So it feels like a dead end for the detective because there's no body, there's no real lead with the two men. So he knows he just needs to go back to the beginning of the night and he needs to look into Edward a a bit more Mm because, duh, he starts from the beginning. So he goes to the house that the party was at and questions the person who threw the party. And she says, yes, they were there. And no, she didn't seem drunk. And he asks how she even knows Edward. And she says that he is her boyfriend's stepbrother. And they both work together at Cobble Flooring. Now, this sets off an alarm for the detective because during his interview with Edward, he states he had hurt his ankle, which Lord knows, I know that pain, (laughs) and had it worked for months. So line number two. Right. So the detective calls up Cobble flooring and asks about Edward's employment and what he does for them. The owner states Edward and his brother handle taking out old flooring and bringing in the new flooring in the company van. So he asks, does Edward always have access to the van? And the owner says, weird you ask. He usually keeps the van at home, but a few days ago, he brought it into the office and locked it behind a gate. So he tells the owner to secure the van and do not let anyone near it or inside the area where it's being kept. And the... Okay. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You can't tell your employer not to look at the employers. No, no, no. Because technically, well, just because it's they need to secure it for evidence. OK. So he's like, OK, well, actually, Edward's on his way here because he forgot something in the van. And yeah. the detective's like, fuck no. Do not let him near there. Yeah. Under no circumstances can anyone touch his van. It is now like police property. So he calls a whole squad unit over to the area for cobble flooring and they shut down all the streets surrounding. Because I think they're expecting to find the body there. Right. So they shut down all the streets and Edward is just sitting in his car outside of cobble flooring because he had gotten there to go in and the police stopped him. So he's sitting there in his car and the detective walks up to the car and because the police won't let him out of the street. And he asks him, I thought you didn't have a job. And Edward saw, uh, I just got the job yesterday, <laughs> uh, which makes literally no, no sense. sense at all. <laughs> (laughs) So the owner overhears this and walks over and says, uh, no, you've been working here for about eight or nine months. And the detective looks at Edward and he's like, "Uh, he's lying. What? (laughs) God, a fucking idiot. So since they had nothing to hold him on, the detective lets him leave because there's nothing he can do. And then they start looking into the van and guess what's in there? Blood splatter all over the ceiling of the van. Oh my god! Now, the forensic team wasn't able to be on the scene at the time, so they just were... Basically, it's probable cause okay. to go and arrest him. They don't really have the evidence, but probable cause that something happened to that van and that's the van that's connected to him. So they go and arrest him. Mm-hmm. Now, it hasn't even been an hour since he left the scene and as they're pulling up to the building, Edward is leaving his building with a large suitcase. Okay, my first thought was the body's in there. <laughs> I thought the body was going to be in the work van. No. Oh, see, and no. I was just like, it's just, oh, what's happening? <laughs> so. <laughs> It turns out he was just going to try and run. Okay. So Ashley had been now been missing for two weeks and her family was still holding out hope that she would come home because they hadn't heard or seen anything. (sighs) (sighs) I know it's not so sad. Yes. They impound Edward's car that he was driving that night and start looking into cameras around town that had picked up his license plate and looked for any evidence in the car. They find blood in the trunk and send it off for testing as well. Once they look into the license plate, they find videos on the camera lights Around town, they find that he had left the gas station. And an hour later, he's then seen on another light camera only six miles away. So he went, he was at the gas station. Mm-hmm. And then only in an hour traveled six miles. So, where was he? In Near the gap. Ge- exactly. So, then traveling by car, going six miles. It takes in an hour. like five minutes. Exactly. <laughs> so, then one hour later, the work van is then seen driving in the opposite direction back to where he came from. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, the DNA results come in, and it is Ashley's blood <laughs> in both of the cars. They know he did it, but they don't have a body or him confessing Anything. So they go to the prison and question him further. And they basically try to make him feel like complete shit because Mother's Day was coming up the next week. So they tell him she's a mother and a daughter and the least you can do is tell us where her body is. He doesn't break. So about a less maybe five days later Edward's attorney calls the detective and tells him approximately where the body is and it is 30 miles outside of where she was last seen. Oh my god! Yeah. So Uh, I know. So they go to the location that the that he told them and her arms and legs were bound and they found her bra around her neck. Dental records identified the body to be Ashley's and then this is like heartbreaking. The detective left the scene and got flowers and went straight to Ashley's mom's house to give them the horrible news that they had found her. Oh, so it's later stated in court by Edward because he testified, which I feel like is so uncommon in murder cases. They're usually told not to testify, but he did because you're gonna say something yeah. stupid. You're gonna perjure that's yourself. gonna completely yeah. No, you're gonna totally perjure yourself. Everything, and ruin everything, yeah everything. Your entire case. Everything your case yeah. was built up to be. So oh god, sh- this no. is what he said happened. <clears throat> now his story has changed since so oh the beginning of this story. Dude, she went crazy, accusing him of stealing her mom's phone. Which is I feel like that's like maybe she told him what happened at the camping trip and he like manipulated the story. Right. And he continues saying she flipped out, got out of the car, he backed up into her, and then she kept freaking out. So he bear hugged her and then she collapsed dead. No. I know. Exactly. My thought, <laughs> to, like, those don't and why did you back up into her? I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Cars have backup cameras now. What kind of car do you have? Seriously. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Those side and like rear view mirror things, you know. (laughs) You can see people in those too. (laughs) You pretty much can. Oh my gosh. after that gets told, the detective says, well, this is what I really think happened. Right. Edward tried to make a sexual advance when he took her to the actual the field that he pointed out that he said he left her at he tried to make a sexual advance there and she said no Mm -hmm. so things got violent and he sexually and physically attacked her and put her alive in his trunk not knowing she was still alive took her to his house thinking she was dead put her into the van because it had gas to get as far as he needed and On the way, she woke up. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. So he wasn't going to let her live. And that's why there was blood in the van because he murdered her in the van. Yeah. I was not expecting that. Yeah. So Edward was convicted of first degree murder and sentenced to life in prison without parole. That is. I know. I'm, I'm like. Poor thing. Just poor thing. I know. It's it's rough. It's right. real rough. My story ain't any easier. <laughs> you know, we always start the show with a little murder and then we like to end it nicely with a little more murder. Right. So, exactly. So. Bring it on. You ready? Yep. Okay. Because this one's. It's it's kind of crazy. Okay. I love crazy. Oh, boy. You All can right. make that a soundbite. Strap if it. Anyone needs it. I love crazy. I love crazy. I'm going to try and mix it up and throw some stories in here regarding women who murder their spouses. Mm. As it's not always the husbands. It just isn't. Sometimes us women are a little crazy too. Just like not 2% is oh. women. and So, oh, you have st- of course, you always have your statistics. It's very helpful because I have a lot of questions. <laughs> so... Uh, According to statistics over the last year of 2018, 75 to 80% of the murders that occur are male murderers. So Mm -hmm. women do carry out, we're a a small 20%. Gosh, but, one day we'll get up to the eighty <laughs> percent, but uh, we're still part of the whole like heinous crime happening. Yeah, so. we can't be ruled out. I don't want to be like biased or sexist. Women are just as terrible as men, exactly. So God, yeah, we're not exempt. It's just not a thing. We we kill people too. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I just I, equal I, right. I assume <laughs> equal right. <laughs> I I can only assume that like the reason why a woman's like or even in, like in any sense why would somebody just like hand some papers over to their spouse and be like hey honey sorry this shit ain't working out I want a divorce Mm. you know because that's like what is that like the easy way out yeah I feel like the easy way out is murder though right yeah well I mean you can take it a step further (laughs) that's always been my plan (laughs) (laughs) why not ruin your own life and their lives simultaneously Mm -hmm. It's, it's the fun part you know yeah well have you ever heard of the term black widow When referring to women? No. So women who kill their lovers or spouses for material gain. Oh. They're named... Black widows, because uh, if you look at a black widow, like after she mates, she eats him. Oh, yeah. Or like she she, like bites their head off or like she like consumes the whole like male spider. So black widows are known to like the actual spider. They're known to kill uh, whoever it is that they mate with. And then they just like have their spawn and then they go off and they do it again. So honestly, how we should live. (laughs) At this same age, I think it's It'd looking be easier. like easier. <laughs> it's an easier path. Wow. So then why do men not have a name when they kill their wives? They're just serial killers or just like assholes. Yeah. But women are like dead black widows. <laughs> We're beautiful. I <laughs> know. Right? Like it's less magical. <laughs> Yeah. Thing. We're like full of poison. <laughs> well, the woman that I'm going to tell you about, she fits the nickname entirely. And her her story takes uh, like a crazy unexpected turn. Ooh, I'm so excited. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to tell you about Stacey Castor. Okay. She's from New York. She's born to parents, Judy Eaton and Jerry Daniels. And she meets Michael Wallace, the man of her dreams. He sounds like the boy next door. Uh, she's 17 years old. It was 1985. Oh, wow. The summer of love. I don't know. Isn't that the 70s? (laughs) Well, I was born in 87. I was born in 86. (laughs) So your parents are fucking in 85. (laughs) It was the summer of love in your life. Exactly. People were humping in the 80s. A lot of people fucking. (laughs) Okay. They married, they had their first daughter, Ashley, in 1988. Okay. So I thought it was so weird with your parallels is like the sisters, their first name started with A and B and like, that's how it is with my story too. Mm. So Ashley was born in 1988. Soon after they had their second daughter, Bree, in 91. Okay. And as they grow up, Bree is attached to her dad and Ashley is more attached to their mom. I feel like that is kind of how it goes with siblings. Like kind of automatically go to like the parent that we see that we feel the most in common with i guess you could say i would say i went the opposite oh yeah like i have so much in common with my dad that i feel like we just fall all the time oh weird yeah so i hated him oh till now i love you dad (laughs) (laughs) see i was a total daddy's girl growing up Uh, well i mean i I was until i was a teenager and then i felt like he didn't know anything about what i was going through right right that's understandable (laughs) of course yeah (laughs) Life happens. And uh, throughout the years, this happy couple, they start to deal with life struggles and they work and they live on opposite schedules. Like he works during, he's like stay at home during the day while she works during the day. That's literally my dad's And schedule. then, yeah. And then kind of takes over while he takes over. Like, okay. yeah. I mean, you start to resent the other person after a while when your schedules are so opposite. Oh yeah. It, it happens. So my parents were divorced. So yeah. Their relationship. <laughs> yeah. Their, their love seems to the resentment. And so over the holidays in 99, Michael starts to feel a little sick, but not like the same like cold flu virus sick that we all get during the holidays. Something was a little off and even the family members noticed how he looked and how he kept coughing. So they suggested that he Needs to be seen by a doctor, Rachel. You've been coughing all night, and Megan. He died early January of two thousand. <gasps> so, like, they were celebrating Christmas in ninety nine, and like he, and then he died like a month later. Like, wasn't even a month. He, it, it, he never went and sought medical help. He didn't have time to. He was just like hanging out with the family. And was like, yeah, I'm gonna go to the doctor next week. Ugh, men and, always putting off the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> you wow. will die. Yeah, go to the go doctor. Go to the doctor. Wow. Yeah. So he was. He was found at the couch. He was found on the couch at home unresponsive and was later pronounced dead at the hospital and the ruling of the death was a heart attack yikes so stacy his wife declined the autopsy trusting that the doctors knew what they were talking about when they're like yeah it was a heart attack she's like yeah you're right didn't really think I'm sure anything of it she trusted them absolutely he was only 38 and stacy collects the $55,000 life insurance policy on him Weird. So sadly, this whole lay down and never wake up thing is actually like more common than we think. Because when mm-hmm. I was in high school, our ASB advisor, who was like the adult, the Oversaw what all the, like the ASB kids were doing. Uh-huh. That happened to him. I was in high school. I think uh-huh. I was maybe like a sophomore. There was a basketball game that night. They were doing a whole bunch of family stuff that day. He laid down, took a nap and never woke up. Good. Yeah. And D-E-D. then that following Monday was like crazy uh-huh. at school because so like everybody just had this like art outpouring of like love for what was happening. Uh-huh. Like it was crazy. And then when I worked at the bank years and years ago, we actually hired a person who had been there for maybe a month, same thing thing happened. This happens, like it's already happened twice to people that I've known like in my life. Yeah, I see a common denominator so too, Rachel. It's <laughs> not like it's gonna... <laughs> It's not like it was too crazy of a thing to think that he could have had a heart attack and passed away. Okay. Fast forward 3 years later, 2003, and Stacy has met and married a new man. His name is David Castor that's where she gets her last name Uh, he owns an air conditioner installation and repair business and Stacy works for him as the office manager okay he has a son from a previous relationship his name's David Jr and Mm -hmm. Stacy's daughters aren't exactly thrilled with the proposition of having a new dad especially Mm -hmm. so soon Mm -hmm. I mean three years really isn't that long time to grieve so in August of 2005 so two years later after she marries David Castor um, Stacy becomes worried while at work she calls 911 and says her husband has not come into work. The night before, he mm. locked himself in their bedroom with liquor due to an argument and they wouldn't let her in. Mm. The detectives, they went to the home, they kicked in the bedroom door and there they found David deceased with antifreeze near the bed. What? Yeah. So, yeah. So this it's woman- not something you just pick up and you're yeah, like, thought this was Jack Daniels. <laughs> right. She was just like, I don't know, 911. I had a fight with my husband. I don't know what's going on. He's real upset. Wouldn't talk to me. I mean, he, as far as she knew, he was passed out in the bedroom. She probably got ready in one of the spare rooms and then just went to work thinking that like he'll sleep it off and he'll just come to work later. Well, mm-hmm. since he never made it there, Stacy was trying to figure out what was going on. He was found in their home. And so why, like why, why would David do something like this? Yeah. Well, according to Stacy, he recently had become depressed with the recent death of his father and was using drinking as a coping mechanism. Although David's ex-wife would disagree about that because his personality doesn't really fit the suicide bill as far as uh-huh. like taking some antifreeze in the in the bedroom and locking everybody out like it just seemed like a weird behavior yeah behavior you got it behavior <laughs> I feel like it really went with the face. So detectives, they looked around the room for evidence and didn't really see much. And they were going to rule it as a suicide. Yeah. But then all of a sudden. What? They were going to rule it as a suicide? Yeah. They're like, there's a glass of antifreeze near the bed. He drank it. He was locked in here. There doesn't really seem to be any other like incriminating evidence. So Uh... less paperwork. Okay. Yeah. No. That checks out. Yada, yada. <laughs> what the fuck? Police ended up finding a turkey baster in the trash can that smelled like alcohol. Mm. I've got like a million applesauce containers in my like bathroom trash because of my daughter, but I don't have any like weird turkey baster. Why would you have a turkey baster in your trash? You're can? trying to artificially inseminate yourself. <laughs> I I wanted a baby. I didn't have yeah. a man. I don't no, know. Just who knows. But it smelled like alcohol. And it was later learned that the. Just the. Tip of Ooh. that turkey baster had uh, some of David's DNA on it. So, so they're trying, trying to, to figure out it. why. Girl, I know. <laughs> No? no. Okay, <laughs> that's good. So, uh, here are some reasons why we should keep an eye on good old Stacy. Other than husband number one passed away, mm-hmm. uh, her prints were on the antifreeze glass. I know they were married and they lived in the same house, but whatever. It her prints were still her on that glass and that turkey baster. Uh, police believe that Stacy actually used it to force feed the antifreeze to David when he was too weak to fight back. Because <gasps> the way the antifreeze uh, like starts to get into your system, you start to. Feel really sick and lethargic. You oh. like could start vomiting, and you feel like real, like kind of like flu sickness type feelings. Yeah, he probably couldn't really do much as far as keeping her at bay. So oh, that's God. what police believe was happening with that turkey baster. Since the police and the detectives were looking at her, they're like, okay, we're gonna wiretap her phones. And we're gonna put cameras around the neighborhood because we want to see what this lady is up to. Yeah. Um, she never visited either husband's graves, so she wasn't sentimental in missing them. And so the police were like, okay, that's weird. So that was like a red (gasps) flag number one. Especially since she's a children with the first one. Yeah, Taking the kids to go see them. Right. Never once was she ever, okay, let's go visit. She just kind of like, they're gone. And that's it. And like, close that door. Jesus. Investigators decide that since nothing out of the ordinary was really occurring with Uh Stacy, that they... Um, but they knew, they just knew that she had something to do with it. Yeah. So the investigators were like, fine, we're going to exhume Michael Williams' body for an autopsy. I'm shocked. Okay, she so for those of you him. at home who aren't as familiar with the term exhume like we are, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm like, what? That's, <laughs> that's an everyday term. <laughs> that means they're going to dig him up. They're going to mm-hmm. dig up his grave and they are going to perform an autopsy on him. Okay, which is kind of crazy because I, I read a book recently. Oh, yeah. With the smoke, it's in your eyes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, that book was amazing. Mm-hmm. But she would talk about how that would happen where like your, when your body is being preserved with formaldehyde and you get put into a, a like a mm-hmm. little coffin and you get put into the ground, like mm-hmm. your body doesn't rot. It doesn't do anything. It stays the exact same. Until you turn into bones, right? no yeah your skin goes away no not when you're cu- not when your blood has been forced out and your body has been transfused with formaldehyde formaldehyde is a preservative what you are basically being mummified so when people like have this conversation about like oh I'm going back to the worms and earth. no not if you're not if you're having a funeral where people can come and visit your body because they're going to put formaldehyde in you and you're never going to go what? away I mean I want to be cremated I want to so be this, cremated yeah. too I, I like, don't want to no. be but no. wait that's oh. why they can exhume bodies and do autopsies oh, that's on them. Interesting. Even de- I guess any even decades later. Yeah, I guess the only reason I have any type of background is because of movies. So, <laughs> <laughs> it makes so sense. I guess I shouldn't pretend I know how it looks. But I'm actually really shocked she didn't creme him. No, because that's usually what you hear. Right. That like something because they don't want any evidence exactly. to come up because there's no way that he could test him. Mm-hmm. Ooh, interesting. Well. Okay, so they exhume him. So antifreeze <laughs> is a hell of a poison. It only takes. A small amount to be fatal due and due to the way that how your body processes the chemical, your body actually like forms crystals in the organs of oh. your system. So like your kidneys, your liver, they will form actual crystals if you have been poisoned with it antifreeze that's how your body and the the proteins in your body processes that poison yeah so when they were done with the autopsy the medical examiner said that michael's body was loaded with crystals loaded oh my god at this point i would like to believe that stacy was like shitting her pants because police were closing in on her how can you have one husband die from antifreeze poisoning as a suicide and then look at the previous husband with the same exact death? Like death. they're they're going to know. Change up your death pattern. <laughs> Seriously. Hello. Hello. She was brought in for questioning, Stacy, the mom. And the detective asked her, "What glass was the cranberry juice in because she said her husband had been drinking. He was probably making some. I think I read in an article they said he was drinking like Southern Comfort and cranberry juice. God. Okay. The very first thing I ever got drunk off of was Southern Comfort. Oh no. When I was a, a young Ugh. teen. Yeah. I will never drink Southern Comfort again that's as long, long as I live. Smirnoff vodka. Oh it's bad. <laughs> we it's drink so it with orange juice. So, this last time. <laughs> terrible. Ugh. Terrible mistakes. The detectives were like okay so what? what glass had the cranberry juice in that he was drinking. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, when I poured the antifruit, I mean, I mean <gasps> the cranberry juice. No, like yes. legitimately like slipped off, legitimate. <laughs> like movie style. Yes. No. yes. And then when she slipped up the detective, he noticed it. And then she was just like, oh, no, you don't. You're trying to frame me. I'm not Uh-oh. dealing with this. Mm-hmm. Okay, You're bitch, the monsters. <laughs> not me. So she ended the interview and she went home. She wasn't arrested. They weren't like saying they didn't have anything on her. No, they didn't not have any evidence. Up. No, even that was just like, OK, that's a bit weird, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like it's not hard evidence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she went home and a few days after the questioning, uh, Stacy's eldest daughter, Ashley, she starts college. And on the same day, the police call her and they let her know, hey, we actually found the real reason for why your real dad, Michael, passed away. It was because of antifreeze poisoning and not because of a heart attack that you thought all these years. Oh, God. So she starts to kind of have a panic attack and she calls her mom because she doesn't know what else to do. And yeah. so my mom's like, hey, come over. I'll fix you a drink. Let's just forget about this bad day. What? Yeah. <laughs> because Ashley's not really thinking much of it. She goes over to her mom's house. They go and they have a drink together. Mm-mm. And all of a sudden, Ashley starts to feel really... Really lethargic and passes out. And then when she wakes up, she's in her bedroom and like, doesn't really think anything of it. Thinks like, maybe I drank too much. Mom put me in bed, whatever. Wakes up the next day. Yeah. Goes to school, carries on with her regular college girl day. And then her mom texts her again and is like, hey, let's drink again. We're gonna celebrate your birthday. Like, let's let's have another drink. So Ash is like, okay, she like, she's best friends with her mom, like trusts her, like, fine, this sounds fine. Her mom makes her a drink and it tastes off. It tastes really weird. And she's like, Mom, something's wrong with this drink. And Mom goes, here, stick a straw in it and put the straw in the back of your throat and just drink it. Just just slurp it up. Drink it as fast as you can. Okay, what, Mom? Yeah, what is the fuck? It's like, Let's get wasted. <laughs> to get wasted as fast as you possibly can yeah, by just putting a straw in it and just, like, get it to your gullet what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah, Ashley trusts her mom. It's your mom. No, she trusts her and does it? (laughs) She does it. She puts a straw in the drink and she just like guzzles it. Doesn't (sighs) really think anything of it. The next morning after drinking with her mom, Ashley's little sister, Bree, finds Ashley barely breathing, like doesn't know what's happening. Holy shit. And she found a 750 page Type letter confessing to the murders of her dad and her stepdad and that she is now taking her life. Okay. Why would she just kill the one daughter? It's like insane. Like and what? <laughs> there's not really a lot as far as the investigation goes as far as like what's going on with Brie. A younger daughter uh, yeah. compared with Ashley, but Ashley was close with the mom. So the mom, I'm sure, was like, "Oh, you trust me? Oh, maybe Let she me was guide just, you." Yeah, or she could into have been your like, early death. You know how like some people kill their whole families because they're so embarrassed by what they've done to their family. Yes. So she might have just been like, "I'm so embarrassed by what I did. I want to kill like." anybody else. Exactly. And she also wants to just make it seem like it's not her fault. Yeah. Uh, Oh. That's that's mostly what's going on. So so Bree frantically tells her mom you have to call 911. I don't know what's going on with Ashley. Call 911. She's barely breathing. wait. So the note was supposed to be from Ashley? The note's from Ashley. Oh, I misunderstood. I thought the mom wrote and I thought she tried to kill herself too. No. Oh, that's super fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. So the... Mom, Stacy is calling 911 and is like hey you know my daughter something's wrong with her my my youngest daughter found her we don't really know what's going on Typical but I story again with you what I do know is that I know she's been drinking and she was popping all these pills all night and uh, I think there was a suicide note. Stacy doesn't even care that her daughter is like, close to death and is like being poisoned uh, because she gave her the cocktail. Yeah. She's just more concerned with letting the, the paramed or not the paramedics, but like the, the 911 yeah, operator dispatcher. know that, uh, cause she knows it's being recorded. Yeah, There's a suicide note. So had it not been for Brie, Ashley would have died if 15 more minutes would have gone by. <gasps> she was that close. Oh my God. She was, she that was probably close. so mad that her sister so found her. she had strong painkillers and a cornucopia of other medications in her system. Like her mom just, she found like Ritalin and payment Medications and like, oh my! God. Uppers, uh, downers, so whatever. Not, so she did try something new. Yeah, okay. yeah, absolutely. When Ashley woke up, she was in the hospital and was completely stunned by what was going on. Detectives were questioning her, and she denied the suicide, the suicide note, and the, the killing of both of her fathers. She just was completely dumbfounded by the fact that this had even occurred. So Stacey's actually at the hospital visiting Ashley, and then Stacey gets arrested at the hospital. Oh, I thought you were going to say she did something at the hospital. Something in her fucking I noticed something. she would have been, as far as the story goes, it would have been like... Completely good. Okay, Same. right. So Stacey's arrested at the hospital. She's charged with the murder of David Castor and the attempted murder on her daughter Ashley. I told you this took a turn. It's crazy. Yeah. Jesus. So by the end of two thousand uh, seven, Stacey was indicted on the murder charge and the plot to present a forged will. Because when her husband, so when David Castor died, like everything was left to his son. He didn't update the will to do anything for. Stacey. Stacy and her daughter. So Stacy uh, was going to forge his will to be like, here, everything to me, we, we get a chunk of this too, oh my as God. far as the life insurance goes out. Yeah. So she pleads not guilty. And then a fun little, not a fun little tip. This is so gross. So, so Stacy's mom mm-hmm. was like, my daughter would never do this. Ever. I can't believe it. I guess her dad's done. But Ashley would have totally done it. I believe that her granddaughter, <gasps> she's like throwing her granddaughter a granddaughter under the bus to make it seem like her own flesh and blood would never Ew. commit these uh, heinous crimes. Isn't that God, gross? I bet you her mom freaking helped her. Oh my gosh. So it's crazy. So odds are against Stacey. There's DNA evidence. There's forensic evidence. And there's even forensic analytics. Ana- analytics? analytics. I said that word like 20 times. Not going to mess it up. Mess that because this idiot she wrote two drafts by hand (laughs) of her daughter's suicide note before she typed it and like presented that and how many pages was it again it was 750 so after four days of deliberation for this idiot. Yeah. She was found guilty on her charges. And she was sentenced to 51 years in it. prison. So that happened in 2009. Stacey died in her cell in 2016 of a heart attack. She was 48. Her kids never visited her. The last time her daughters saw her was during the trial. And when they just realized what kind of a monster she was, they never visited her when she was in prison. So she just died of a heart attack. Good. Alone. Bye. Like she should have been. That's disgusting. It's disgusting. It like blew my mind. The fact that not only would she try to commit two murders, but the fact that she would try to frame her own flesh and blood for it to make it seem like I didn't. No, I don't get that one. (laughs) I refuse to understand it. Right. (laughs) No, there's there's no point. That's fucking bonkers. (laughs) So you can find us on Instagram at no thank you next podcast. And you can also email us at no thank you next podcast at gmail.com. But if you have anything that you want us to talk about, touch base on if you know, Story that we haven't shared. If you've got one of your own stories, feel free to write us in. And it's and be good. we are on iTunes now, Woohoo! thankfully, the god of uh, podcasts, basically. Uh, and so on there, you can subscribe and rate our podcast and comment about the podcast on there. So we really, really hope that you guys do that. We would appreciate all of your feedback. I feel like you can hear Sam, <laughs> my poor kid. <laughs> uh, she really wants you to subscribe, she comment, and rate. <laughs> She's really upset you guys haven't done it yet. So if you guys can do that, please. (laughs) All right. So thanks so much for tuning in. This was fun. Come back next week for another horrible story. (laughs) Bye. 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 (laughs) Bloopers. (laughs) Bloopers. Okay. Hard words are hard. Words are so hard, They're especially really hard. when you write them wrong. <laughs> 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 yeah, we're on the radio. We're on the radio live. Kyle with his monster energy drink, <laughs> with the with the monster logo tattooed on his hand. He's like, yeah, I'm Kyle, right? Or his neck, depending. Oh my on, God, depending on the Kyle, on the, on the space available. Yeah, depending on the Kyle. <laughs> Um, so, probably. <laughs> I would be. <laughs> i a two-year-old. I'm like, where's the line? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I feel like there's times as when Libra, I... As a Libra. As a Libra. I know. I just really want to be paid attention to. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> just ask. Just dote on me. Ask how I'm doing. Yeah. Even if I'm just completely ignoring you. Just make sure that you're like, hey, Rach. <laughs> <laughs> how you Exactly. Doing? Exactly. Just check in. I feel it. April. <laughs> uh, April. <laughs> April oh my God. I feel like I need to burp. <laughs> oh my oh yeah. God! That was some real good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> A little turned on right now. That was nice. Oh my God! I felt it. <laughs>